Welcome to Post-Production Podcast. My name's Rachel. I'm Kiri. And today we are talking about probably one of the best and worst things ever, editing software. Yes, mostly for video. I've done a lot of editing in my time, and I'm sure you have too, Rachel. I've seen you edit. You edited that Michael W. Smith interview. I had to help you a lot, but you, you did it. Yeah, I am definitely a slower editor, just because I don't have to edit as frequently, but I'm familiar with editing and can definitely do it when needed. But I'm no editing whiz. Kiri's eating rice right now. Ah, yes. I actually really enjoy editing. I find myself doing it a lot for 404 and for school. Not anymore. I've graduated. Woohoo! Yay! But, um... I do still want to do my own personal creative projects and I've been like finding time to edit stuff. I edit mostly video, but of course I also edit this podcast, which is entirely audio. I primarily use Adobe Creative Cloud stuff because that's what I was trained in. So I used Audition to edit the podcast, but I normally use Premiere to edit video because you can do whatever you want. Like you have control over whatever you want to do versus iMovie. I have talked about how much I despise iMovie. There are just so many automatic effects that you cannot change, and it's super annoying. Yeah. Like, all of the graphics, you can't change how they come in. You can't change the font. You can't change... Like, there's so many things that it's just like, I want control. Yeah. I had to edit an iMovie last summer. I was working on an internship that was primarily ministry, but... Once they found out I had video chops, they were like, oh, you should edit these videos too. But the problem was the only software they had access to on their computers was, of course, iMovie. And let me tell you, editing those training videos and the other ones I had to edit for them, it was the worst. Like Kiri said, like there is literally very little creative control that you get to exercise. It's all, it's like stencils, but video files it's so frustrating that's an interesting way to put it what can i say i'm a wordsmith but my issue with premiere is that it's so complicated that my little laptop can't take it so like whenever i don't have access to a computer that can handle all the adobe stuff i've had to edit things on my computer which is when i used imovie and i hated it a lot <laughs> so i did those science vlogs over the summer last year and i also tried to do ireland vlogs which i, I might come back to eventually it has been one year tomorrow anyway yeah imovie is the worst The good thing about Premiere is that you have control over the little effects. And the issue is that there are so many that it's just, it gets a little overwhelming and there's a lot of detail work to get it exactly the way you want it to go. And that's a little annoying sometimes. And like, if you want to fix the audio, you're going to have to go into Adobe Audition and like denoise it and all of that. Because all you can really do to the audio in just Premiere is turn it down, maybe turn it up you know you you can do some keying stuff with it but it's not you can't do stuff to the audio quite to the extent that you can in audition and so like if you want to have a lot of fun with the video effects and like make it look really professional you're also going to have to go through after effects and lightroom and stuff like that whereas iMovie already has those professional looking settings set in and it's easy and you don't have to do anything so that is something i will say about iMovie that i actually kind of like other than that it's terrible (laughs) 
I should stop taking such big bites. At least your image is frozen so I don't have to watch you eat. And now I've forgotten what I wanted to say. Okay, eating takes too much time. In attempts to avoid iMovie, I have downloaded other editing software onto my laptop to kind of make up for not having a computer that can handle Premiere. So like I've tried DaVinci, but I was so used to Premiere that it was a little confusing. So I was like, no, I ended up not really giving it a chance. I've also found all kinds of random editors that would leave a watermark on the video. Like there was one video I did. Yeah, it was for our Juicy Eyeballs feud audition. <laughs> yeah, I remember that actually now that you bring it up. But all the other ones I could find just weren't intuitive. They, they just weren't good. I feel like since you brought it up, you're now required to tell the story of the Juicy Eyeballs feud audition. So we can't say a sentence like Juicy Eyeballs feud audition and not explain it. Rachel and a few of our friends are in a meme group chat titled Juicy Eyeballs for some reason. I did not name it. Who named it? I named it. I named it Juicy Eyeballs because one of the first few memes that was sent in that group chat had something to do with eyeballs and something like that. So I named it that and for some reason no one's changed the name. Podcast now. Eat later. It's fine. Okay. Well, now it's just ingrained as the title of our meme group chat. Like, you can't change that. Anyway, so we're in this meme group chat called Juicy Eyeballs and our school was doing a family feud show type thing called The Feud and to audition you had to get a group together and send in a video basically introducing yourselves and it had to be fun and funny or whatever and we tried we made a video turns out the date of the show was the same day of one of the big fish shows we have talked extensively about that show that Rachel was in and I was working so we could not participate so they regrouped with different people just completely ditching me and Rachel sad and tried again and they were not let into the show all because we <laughs> left them I think that's why it's all because sure. we weren't there <laughs> but yeah like there was I think we filmed it on the deadline so I had to edit it fast so that's why I had to like download something and just get it done and send it. So that's Juicy Eyeballs. So you, you've done a few editing things. What is the biggest project you've ever had to tackle? Like ed- the biggest editing project? It kind of depends because my editing experience is so widely varied. The editing projects that took me the longest video-wise were probably our final project for that intro to video and audio class you and I took together. We did like a commercial for it and I spent way too long detail editing mine. Other than that, I feel like editing the Michael W. Smith interview took a lot of time just because I wanted it to be good and we had to make some hard decisions on like some weird cuts and stuff. Audio-wise, I feel like the biggest project I've edited was a one-shot podcast I did with one of my friends for a final project. We did like a single podcast episode on libertarianism. That was recent. And we too. had like three and a half hours worth of recording that I had to trim down. It was insane. It took so long. How long was the final cut? So I did a final cut that was maybe an hour 10, an hour 15. And then she texted me the next day. Granted, this project was due the day she texted me. And she was like, hey, just saw the podcast. Forgot to tell you it has to be 45 minutes, lol. And I was like, 
you're on your own. <laughs> you can learn to edit podcasts yourself because I am not going to go and try and trim that down to 45 minutes because the cut I had made was trimming like the absolute max. Like I took out every extra space, every um, everything I could to try and cram everything in there. And I was like, you can go make those decisions yourself. As far as audio is concerned, really the only thing I've edited that was purely audio is this podcast. And I think that the more challenging parts came when this whole remote podcasting thing started. You may notice that our audio quality has gotten better because we stopped recording it over Zoom and started recording it on our own separate recording software. Thank goodness. And just meshing the two tracks together. It took us way too long to figure that out. As far as video is concerned, though, anything scripted is significantly harder than an unscripted thing because you got to follow the script, you got to pick the right shots, and you got to hope that the actors say the lines correctly in the right shot, and you got to hope everybody's in the frame because, yeah, there have been a few times where I've gotten the shot I want, but the person who's talking is not completely in the frame, and it's like, Ah! Yikes. And of course, it's really frustrating for me because, like, for 404, it's something I directed. So if you're a camera operator, please be nice to your editor and don't expect them to fix everything in post. Wow, way to roast me. No, I think you did okay. Like, the workplace wasn't awful. The last one we worked on before the school shut down, there were a lot of, like, color problems and focus problems and framing problems, and it was like... You weren't there for that one. You It's all because you weren't there. I'm Everything your lucky charm. And also I'm okay at shooting 4K. Well, we were actually using the 1080 cameras for the for some of the scenes. Oh, I did shoot one of those on the 1080 cameras. The one where we were in the basement and trying to make it look like a restaurant. Yeah, and that was the best one. No way. <laughs> actually. Yeah, those were the best shots that I had. I was like, man, I wish Rachel wasn't taking... 27 hours and she could have this more often. <laughs> Unscripted stuff is a lot more fun because you can just, I don't know, all you really need to do is cut out the irrelevant and or incriminating stuff. Incriminating? So, what are you doing on your sets? Well, like, you remember that Q&A video that I, t I showed you the raw footage? Yeah, I was about to bring that up. But, like, you can't put improvised one-liners like that into something that's meant to be family-friendly clean comedy. Like, it's hilarious, but you don't really want to be putting that out there if your channel image is different. Yeah, kind of like the way I edit this podcast, because I edit out all of our irrelevant tangents, and sometimes we'll say something that I have to, like, judge, okay, would I or Rachel want this on the internet forever? Probably not cut it out and of course like for the podcast cutting out stuff like stutters and likes and uhs and ums and stuff we do a lot of that that you do not get to hear listener because i have to go in and weed those out and uh boy are you people lucky that kiri likes us enough to edit those out because otherwise these podcast episodes would be a lot longer, but not substantially more interesting because it would be all us and ums. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and there's a, also a lot of just long, silent breaks that I have to cut out. Oh, man. Like, if we record for 45 minutes, I end up cutting about 15 minutes worth of stuff that we don't use, be it blank space, ums and uhs, or irrelevant tangents, or stutters, or just repeats of a line that we fumbled, or whatever. 
I say a line. This is completely unscripted. True. Yeah, I cut all that out with the goal of getting to the 30-minute mark. Or even, like, I noticed, especially when I was editing that podcast for my friend, how much extra noise I had to go in and cut out. Those periods of silence you mentioned, you pick up white noise, like an AC running in the background. Or even, like, you'll have to zoom way in to the audio waves and clip out little teeny bits where you hear someone's cup clinking or someone says something and they sniff in the middle of the sentence. And you're like, dude, no one wants to listen to your allergies on Spotify. We can go on ASMR channels for that. My biggest advice to anyone who wants to edit is to just take a break every once in a while because you can get overwhelmed with the details and your brain can get you know, squishy from all that your brain is supposed to be squishy. I've seen a brain. Anyway, it's it's good to clear your head, you know, take a break, come back to it later with a new mind, fresh eyes, because I definitely have a limit. I think my limit is about two and a half to three hours before there's a moment where I'm suddenly like, oh, I need to stop. It's time to take a break. Yeah, editing, especially for me, editing video is a lot more overwhelming. I think a lot of it is because audio software is complicated, but video software is so complex. So especially Adobe Premiere, you can sit there and you can edit one frame for what feels like 10 years. So I agree, like, I definitely have a limit, especially if I'm editing late at night, like, I can be in there four or five hours, and it's late, and my brain is basically oozing out of my ears at that point, and I've been trying to solve one problem for forever, and it's not fixing, like, I agree, taking a break is definitely something you have to give yourself space to do. I would say one tip I have as definitely not an editing professional by any means, but as someone who has experience editing, is don't be afraid to ask your friends or consult Google. If you have something that you want to look better in your video or even just things you want to learn to make your editing skills faster and better, Don't be afraid to just go into your search engine and type how to level a video or something like that. Because if you think of yourself as constantly learning while you're editing, it helps you not stagnate and it helps your video look better and better and better the more you do it. Yeah, that was my next piece of advice was Google. Do not be afraid of Google. Google is your friend. You want Google. Because I can't tell you how many times I haven't known how to do something and I'm like, uh what do i do wait i have a resource full of infinite knowledge i'm gonna ask it how to take static out of this audio track or key in a background into a video so yes google is your friend use google forever the way you described it kind of made it sound like it was some zen mountaintop oracle honestly (laughs) it's a great way of describing google Contact the Zen Mountaintop Oracle for all of your knowledge needs. Yeah, I also think it's good to learn how to edit on some of the other software programs, like After Effects and Lightroom, because you can do so much more with those. I haven't even like fully learned those things or played with them as much as I would have liked to at this point. But in order to, if, like, if you want to be a really good editor, like just gathering as many skills as you can, learning as you go 
that is going to significantly improve your finished product. Yeah, so just don't stop learning. Google, take classes. Well, you don't even have to take classes. You can just go to YouTube and search for how to use After Effects. I did try to learn Adobe Illustrator in just one YouTube video and it did not work. I was trying to come up with like a, a cute little logo for our podcast and I was like, screw it. I'm just going to type on one of our pictures. And that's it. That's our cover photo. I think something else too is don't let something like editing intimidate you. Editing is something that is really hard to start at first, but with anything you want to do well, you have to invest in it. Whether that is investing the time to learn it or investing in some nice software, like don't let editing intimidate you because honestly, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And those skills really are transferable. If you learn to edit well in something like Adobe Premiere or in Final Cut or even in DaVinci, those are all video editing programs that people use in the industry. And you can take those skills and suddenly you have editing skills that work in pretty much any other software. You understand audio a lot better so you can work in audio editing softwares and just the problem solving and technology things i guess that you learn you can apply in so many different ways yeah i was really intimidated by adobe premiere at first i was like i don't there's so many things yeah because it's so detailed and a lot of the functions are very detailed and there are like keyboard shortcuts that you gotta learn and all this stuff and you gotta know what all the symbols mean and everything and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Ah! That was two years ago and now I love it. It's my favorite editing software because it's so detailed and you can change the tiniest little thing if you want to. iMovie is good for beginners who aren't yes. quite interested in changing every little thing or like tweaking every little thing. They just want to like slap some clips together, maybe put a little Ken Burns on it and then there you're done. So that's good for someone who's just getting into editing. But if you really want to make your video look like professional, then using more complicated software is the best way to go in my opinion. But there are some people who can make some good things out of iMovie. Maybe an Apple commercial. Ha! Yikes. I love how we were like, let's talk about editing in a podcast episode. And then it just turned into, let's just roast iMovie. Honestly, though. Hey, listener, if you know of editing softwares that are worse than iMovie, please let us know. We would love to know. Yes, and we would love to try them and roast them ourselves. Yes. We probably wouldn't love to try them but we would love to experience them. Yeah, we could even do an episode where we react to bad editing software. Yeah, that's that's something that, man, I have really considered getting a YouTube channel for us just so we can like, so we can do things that are visual, like trying editing software. Right. Reacting to videos and stuff. So if you know of editing software that is worse than iMovie, you can reach us on Instagram at Rachel, Rachel H&H and Kiri underscore Jones, and we will try some of the editing software. Also tell us if you think we should start a YouTube channel. True. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, not sure how we would do it remotely, but we could do it. We, we could figure it out. Yeah. We figured out the podcasting thing. We can figure out a, a video thing. And the podcasting thing, like any new setup or new thing you try podcasting long distance has definitely been something we've had to adjust a lot to 
I think more so you than me because you've had to struggle through editing sort of the new crazy audio. I am super glad we're still doing it. Yeah, I learned all kinds of things with our terrible audio, just like how to make it sound a little bit better. I learned how to EQ and how to denoise and all of this stuff, and it still didn't sound very good, but it, what you hear in episodes 12 through 16 is significantly better than the original recordings, which were recorded over Zoom. Yikes. The school let us use these nice podcasting mics, so it's not the mic's fault. So we're doing this in such a way that we don't have to rely on the internet connection, and it's turned out much better. Yeah, definitely. Moving ever onward. Something that drives me nuts is like thinking about past projects when I didn't really know how to do things, especially projects for professional things. So like the Michael W. Smith interview, you edited that, but like I did audio for that on set, and that was just, a, it was in a terrible location. The audio was awful. Because, first of all, our wireless mics we were using were a little sketchy, but we were in this open hallway between the lobby and the auditorium, so the band was practicing very loudly over here, and there were people talking in the lobby over here, and then I was sitting right next to the room with the air conditioning units in it, so like halfway through the interview there was just this and so you could hear everything in the audio track as Rachel was editing it. And I was like, oh, no, this is not my best work. Because during the interview, I was like turning the knobs like, ah, there's so much background noise. But Michael W. Smith is talking so softly. Oh, that was the other thing. Like he would start a sentence really loudly. And then as he went on, he would get softer and softer. And it was super annoying. And then he would start another sentence and it would go on again and again and again. And it was... Yeah, not great for on-set interviews adaptation for a rookie audio mixer that I was at the time. Yeah, we've talked a lot on this podcast about jury rigging and, oh, so much of production is problem solving on set and we draped mics over pipes and all this stuff, you know what I mean? But no one talks enough about how much problem solving editors have to do. Because when you're working with footage or recordings in post-production, you have to put up with every little tiny thing that went wrong on set. And a lot of times you can have the absolute best person directing and producing and you can have pros on every element of your set and things are still gonna go wrong. That's Murphy's Law. And so your editor then has to clean that up and make it the best it can be. Yeah, and well, what, what really drives me nuts about that particular interview is that even though I did my best kind of as an amateur, it, it, it was the best I could do at the time. What drives me nuts is that in post, I now know how to fix all of that background noise. You just denoise it and you're good. That's what I would have suggested you do if, while I was helping you edit because now I know how to do that. And so it's a little frustrating to know that that's an interview of Michael W. freaking Smith and it's out on the internet and it's not my best audio work. So like I tell people, yeah, I did audio for an interview of Michael W. Smith. Can I see it? No, because <laughs> it was not great. Oh, gee, here comes the rice again. You got something to say? No. Me neither. <laughs> If that isn't us recording this podcast late at night in the studio, do you got something to say? No? Me neither. <laughs> so if you are an editor or want to be an editor, 
don't use iMovie. That is the moral of the story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you are an editor, or if you want to start editing, we encourage you to start. Try it. Try it out. We love it. And yes, it can be really intimidating and seem like a lot of work at first, but it is a very worthy investment. And you get some good stories along the way. And don't be afraid to learn new things. Like if you have a question about it, just Google it. Google is your friend. That's the other moral of the story. Yeah. So moral one, don't use iMovie. Moral two, Google is your friend. <laughs> Those are all the takeaways for today. I think that idea of constantly learning and being unafraid to ask questions can honestly be applied to most of production. Definitely don't shy away from getting on a set and asking clarifying questions or trying to learn a new thing because that's very much the spirit of production is learning and growing and messing up sometimes but still coming out with a great product at the end of it. Takeaway number three, or was it moral number three? Be nice to your editors. Huh. They go through so much. True. Especially if you are a crew member on set. Do your best so the editors don't have to spend hours correcting your mistakes. Amen. Alright. So this has been the post production production podcast. podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye now.